To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. Welcome to the Death Panel. Patrons, thank you so much for supporting the show. We couldn't do any of this without you. If you'd like to help us out a little bit more, share the show with your friends, post about your favorite episodes, pick up a copy of Health Communism at your local bookstore or request it at your local library and follow us at deathpanel underscore. So today I am here with my co-hosts, Artie Vierkamp. Hello. And Jules Gill-Peterson, who we're so glad to have back. Oh, it's so good to be back. Missed you all. Missed you too. And the three of us are going to be talking about legislative attacks on trans life today and a recent attempt to try and stop portions of a massive anti-trans omnibus bill from going into effect. The law, which is known as SB 254, was signed into law this past May by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and is being called, quote, the largest slate of anti-LGBTQ bills in one legislative session in Florida state history. At the signing, DeSantis justified the urgency of this bill, which, among a lot of other things, criminalizes providing gender-affirming care to minors, gives non-supportive parents the upper hand in custody disputes, imposes new onerous administrative burdens on adult trans care statewide, and prevents state funds like Medicaid from paying for gender-affirming care. Uh, By saying that signing the bill into law, he was, quote, uh, ensuring that Florida will remain a refuge of sanity and a citadel... (laughs) Of normalcy. I mean, oof. it's hard to find a pull Just quote. asking for a death paddle episode if you talk like that. In yeah, I know, seriously. Right? Also, just a po- point of order. This was not the signing, I think, technically. This was an event at a private Christian school um, where he said that Naturally. he was talking about the bill, though. Obviously, this was like his victory lap. And... Recently, a portion of this bill, which aimed to ban healthcare for minors, was enjoined by a U.S. district court. Politico described the injunction as a, quote, scathing rebuke because the judge <laughs> calling only some of the portions of the law into question, and we'll be getting into that, um, he called it a, quote, remarkable intrusion into parental prerogatives and emphasized in his injunction that the legislation and the restrictions it sought to impose quote, were an exercise in politics, not good medicine. While many people have celebrated the injunction, it's crucial actually to take a sort of step back, take a closer look at what the judge's injunction actually means and what's Mm -hmm. actually going to do. And most crucial, you know, what was actually left untouched by this injunction. Mm -hmm. Um, The preliminary injunction doesn't apply to other minors who are looking to obtain treatment, only the ones who are involved in the suit, and only some of them. And while the ruling sort of does suggest that a key part of the law itself could get knocked down as the legal challenge proceeds, it's not applying to, like, care for all minors across Florida, which is something there's been a lot of confusion about. So it's messy, but it's exactly the kind of mess that we like to pick apart for you here on Death Panel. So first, we're going to talk about the law itself, what it does, and a lot of, you know, what it does has actually been left out of the reporting about this bill. And then we'll talk about this injunction and the potential ramifications of that. So just finally, before we jump in, I'll say for context, it's important to note that this is just one of an abundance of anti-trans bills introduced at the state level this year. There are now 556 anti-trans bills in 49 states, and 82 of them have passed. 
the pace is really staggering. Just to put that in perspective, so when Jules and I sat down with journalist Lexi McMenamin in April to inaugurate our fourth year uh, here at Death Panel, covering <laughs> a new record-breaking slate of state anti-trans bills or attempts to criminalize, control, or eliminate trans life, there were 494 anti-trans bills introduced in 47 mm. states, and at that point, only 39 had passed. So again, two months later, there are now 556 anti-trans bills that have been introduced so far this year. Again, 49 states, 82 of them have passed. That means that more than one per day has been introduced since we recorded that episode. And nearly 50 bills were passed in those two months. So that's almost one a day. It's fucking staggering. So should we talk about the law? Yeah, I was going to say, I think what we should do is, (laughs) no, I think what we should do is we should dive into actually what SB 254 actually does, which Mm -hmm. it's very frustrating, as we were talking about before we began the episode and started recording. It's actually so frustrating to like look at the text of the law and then look at the reporting side by side, because what's come out about this bill and what's been the kind of top line is like this is a criminalization on providers who are providing care to minors that is a de facto denial of care to minors in the state of Florida. What they are not mentioning is the fact that it this is, is that yeah but also there's a lot more to yeah, it. yeah it's a whole bundle of different things that have applied a really aggressive layer of administrative burdens actually across all levels of trans care within the state of florida hmm. yeah i mean i i you know i will say it's it's a really weird bill if you go read the text it's just these like never-ending run-on paragraphs with a lot of semicolons <laughs> because it has to stitch together so many different mechanisms of political violence. And so I I tried to group them into sort of 10, um, but like, that's not to say the bill is divided into 10 parts, but you know, if it's, if it's sort of, well, the main things, the main things. Yeah. Yeah. The main things. And just to sort of let them sit alongside one another, here's sort of roughly the order they appear in. Um, And and I think one thing folks will see is there's codification of basically every kind of anti-trans bill we've seen elsewhere in the country. And then there are new provisions that are sort of intensifying and escalating political violence that people have probably heard about before, because again, they've sort of been hanging around Florida, um, but for the first time they got consolidated and then passed. So the first one is one that, you know, a lot of people were really stressed out about a few months ago when it was first announced. Uh, This is a provision that grants state courts emergency jurisdiction over any child in the state of Florida who has received or might receive gender affirming care. And so this is basically amounts to, you know, what a lot of parents of trans kids uh, understood as a kind of state kidnapping provision that if you are, you know, in the state of Florida physically, you don't have to be a resident if you're just in the state and your kid is trans and they have received gender affirming care, someone makes that accusation, the state can use a court to intervene and take your child away from you. Similarly, the second provision applies to custody battles. So if you're in custody proceedings during a divorce or, you know, some sort of other legal negotiation, one parent supports their trans kid, the other doesn't. The one who doesn't could file a a petition basically to be awarded sole custody uh, because the other parent might be providing gender affirming care to this trans kid. Um, Then there is, of course, the actual ban on delivering gender-affirming care to anyone under 18. The law provides an exception for coercive intersex medicalization, as we have talked about before on this show, is always a kind of galling part of these uh, bills. But then there are actually, um, you know, provisions affecting adults, and it really 
you know, this is this is something that I know a lot of folks in Florida are incredibly stressed and and really struggling to to deal with the ramifications of. So this is the administrative burden version. There's not a ban on providing gender affirming care to adults. Instead, the law prohibits state Medicaid programs from using any public funds for gender affirming care. It also prohibits any other state entity from using funds. So you could think about state universities and colleges, Mm -hmm. right, that had inclusive health insurance or any state group health insurance program. That one's especially fucked up in Florida, considering also that Florida uniquely, other than California, has like a very concentrated higher education system where actually like most of the people who are working for universities or something like that are going to be working for state institutions. And a lot of the people who are going to college who are from the state of Florida because of stuff that like good old Jeb Bush put into law back when I was in high school, like oftentimes like the only college saving programs that people who are doing like in-state education are enrolled in are only apply to Florida state institutions, right? So you're basically taking like the primary um, pathway to like higher education in the state of Florida, whether that's employment um, as a as a professor or administrator or anyone on staff or as a student. And you're essentially saying that those university systems are not going to be able to pay for trans care. Well, it's like a classic thing, you know, denying yeah. denying the use of public funds. I mean, it's basically right out of the playbook. I think I'll probably say some more about this later, but I think it's right out of the playbook of the stu- of stuff like the Hyde Amendment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. This is all anti-abortion recycling. Um, and this is also <laughs> sort of maybe the switch point. Uh, that's a really creepy phrase. I'm sorry to have coined it. This is also <laughs> this, the weird switch point in the law. Um, you know, those sort of first four provisions are more sort of aggressive bans, creating new state powers, right? Taking away healthcare, uh, kidnapping children from their families, so on and so forth. Here's where we really switch to the administrative burden half of the bill, which is like literally, you know, just as in some ways it's even bigger in scope, right? So we had this prohibition on state Medicaid funds and other state programs. All of this now then moves into a set of clauses that are actually codifying and um, earlier regulatory revisions. And folks may have heard about this, that the Florida Board of Medicine, right, basically created new rules regulating the dispensation of medicine in the state when it came to gender affirming care. And last October, through rules alone, through a vote of the board, essentially had already administratively prohibited giving gender affirming care to minors. So this law goes on to say that it's basically one, codifying that process that had just been administrative up to this point, but also then instructing the board to sort of create more robust, enduring rules because they had sort of been acting on a kind of emergency or ad hoc basis. And so basically what the board had done was issue a really ridiculous report in which they came to the conclusion that gender affirming care for youth is experimental. And this is something that judge will really have a field day with, so we'll talk more about it. Um, But the last few uh, administrative burdens are pretty galling. Um, One of them is the law changes the definition of informed consent for gender-affirming care only for adults. And so one of the ways it changes it is it says, okay, if you're going to give informed consent, say, to get hormones, right, which you have to do when you go to the doctor, usually that's just a verbal process. Um, Now you have to use a Florida state-authored consent form. Sounds really fun. Who knows what's going to be on that? It has to be completed in writing. Um, And if you don't do that, you haven't satisfied informed consent. Well, as a lot of people pointed out, this law went into effect the second DeSantis signed it. 
but there's no form. The, the yep. form has never been released. <laughs> so no doctor in the state of Florida can obtain informed consent from an adult patient. It is not legally possible. <sighs> so that's fun. Yeah. That's the, why the form is every... Not... <laughs> The form is not expected to exist until July at earliest. Yeah. Even. So imagine yeah. that. So every adult in Florida with a, a prescription was effectively kicked off of it, period. Um, then, yeah. as if that weren't enough, the, the law says, actually, now only a physician can prescribe hormones. So this is a really big deal because it means um, that nurse practitioners can't prescribe HRT. And nurse practitioners, as everyone knows, are often the only primary care providers you can find anywhere in this country that has no good healthcare infrastructure. So that's a really fun decision they made. Um, the law goes on to create disciplinary actions and create both misdemeanor and felony charges for clinicians who violate different portions of the law. Um, it also creates a rubric to suspend the license of clinicians who provide gender-affirming care to minors. And then the last thing it does, which again, no one seems to be talking about, it actually creates a civil structure to sue for damages <laughs> if you allege that you were harmed by gender-affirming oh care um, as a minor, or if you know of someone who's a minor who was harmed, and it gives a statute of limitation of 20 years so um <laughs> that's that's the that's the full so a threat basically a full threat a threat yeah but this mm -hmm. is really a kitchen sink bill right like that's every anti-trans provision i've ever heard of except like sports and bathroom bills but you know don't worry florida has already you know been been on the case of those things but it really does introduce a series of new administrative burdens that i'm not sure we've seen signed into law before other states have tried to enact similar provisions um, just administratively, like Missouri's state attorney general in April tried to issue an emergency rule that would have kicked everyone in Missouri off of their hormones, but that also received a preliminary injunction. But, but really, I just think the staggering scale of this law, I mean, I'm just not yeah. sure we've ever seen anything this all-encompassing and this extreme and aggressive. And so for that reason alone, it really is kind of important to talk about. And I just join you both and being so dismayed that journalists um, apparently don't read the bill, uh, don't even bother to say in their coverage of this uh, provision banning the delivery of gender-affirming care to minors that there are other things in the bill. Not sure why. No one talks about that. To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. You'll get access to this and the rest of our catalog of patron-only episodes and be the first to get a new patron episode every Monday when it drops. With love, the death panel.